Hey there, thanks for listening to Live in the Abundant Life. I'm Jenny Schmidt, and it's my prayer that together we become more fully alive, alive to the abundant life of Christ in us. Hey y'all, it's Jenny Schmidt here. I am so excited to be doing my interview with a dear friend, um, someone that I look up to, I respect, I laugh with. Her name is Lindsay Van Zale. She's co-founded a digital agency called Innovo Studios, and her life message is be free and lead. I love that. So welcome, Lindsay. Hey, Jenny. It's so good to be here. Hey, I'm glad you just carved out some time and are going to sit and talk with me about something you're really passionate about. But first, I, I would love you to tell everyone about your blog. Yeah, so my husband and I recently took on a fixer-upper. We're, we're channeling our inner Joanne and Chip Gaines. Uh, and we felt from the beginning that this new home of ours, even though it was going to be a project for each of us, it was a real, it was a real gift from God. And so we, we said, Lord, what is it about this home that you have for us? And he began to speak to us about establishing a place of peace. And so we decided to name our home Haven Hill. I love and that. Yeah, it's just, it's been such a fun journey. And um, I've always loved to write. It's usually been kind of a private hobby of mine. I haven't done a ton of publishing with my writing, but I just felt this prompting, this like holy nudge to begin to share the journey through a blog. And, you know, at first I was like, the world doesn't need another blog. Right. But my sweet husband said, you know, I think there's a message here about us stepping away from trying to live the perfect life and stepping into a life of perfect peace, because that's the, really the promise, right? And so um, he said, you know, there's there's obviously people writing about this and sharing about this, but you need to add your voice so that chorus gets even louder. And so that really prompted me to share the journey. So havenhill.co, C-O, you can go there. And it's, you know, it's a little bit, it's not really a home improvement blog. You know, we share about the house, but it's really about, I think I feel like I'm sharing a little bit about my inner world, which is pretty vulnerable. But I think what's been really encouraging has been some of the feedback, you know, sharing and people saying, man, I'm feeling that too. Or I feel like I'm in a season like that too. And just encouraging each other in all the promises that the Lord has for us. It's been really special. That's awesome. I love it. I got to actually see Haven Hill um, before any reno started, and it's incredible, and your vision is so exciting for the space. But what I love about your blog is, you know, you're taking real life, just every day. People renovate their homes all the time, but something as common as home renovation and sharing just the nuggets of truth that God's revealing to you or reinforcing or displaying in the midst of a somewhat everyday um, circumstance. And so I feel like that's so relatable and it's so encouraging to me how you look at the at what's happening around you. And this is just what I love about your life. You look at what's happening around you and you see God in it. And you're constantly leaning in as opposed to leaning back and leaning away and just trying to get through things that may be challenging um, on your own, but you always lean in. You want to hear from the Lord. You want to learn something new about him and about yourself. And I, I love that about you, Lindsay. I love that about your blog. So please check it out. Havenhill.co. So yeah. one of the things that you have leaned in and really been just getting a really cool revelation on is this idea of celebration and how integral it is in living an abundant life. So I am excited to hear you share with us about that. Yeah, you know, this was, it's just, it's the kindness of the Lord. You know, he's always speaking to us. I'm learning more and more that our life with God is not so much about, you know, the conversion, though that's part of it, you know, the the change and, you know, coming from the uh, world, going into the kingdom of heaven, becoming a citizen of heaven, obviously eventually going to heaven. That's the part of it. But really our life with God is about constant connection and conversation And so this revelation about celebration just came from the conversation I was having with the Lord. I was actually at a friend's wedding and, you know, I, you know, full disclosure, you know, weddings aren't everyone's favorite thing. I love weddings. I I do. I love everything about weddings, but, um, you know, if you, you've been to any amount of weddings, you know, that there are weddings and then there are weddings, you know, where it is like, it is Pinterest worthy. And, you know, it's just a dream. And that this was one of those weddings. It was just every detail was taken care of. It was just the beauty. I mean, it's like, there was so much celebration in the atmosphere and there always is with weddings, but this was, you know, the reception, just like the, as the reception continued, like the atmosphere just got louder and people were enjoying themselves and the food was amazing and the toasts were amazing and the bride and groom, their love story was so sweet. Everyone was cheering them on. And I was in the middle of all of that, just having, just enjoying myself, really just enjoying the atmosphere. 
And I felt like the Lord whispered to me in that moment. He said, you think all of this is extra, but I've deemed it essential. And he wasn't talking about so much the wedding itself. Like he wasn't talking about the style of wedding or the budget behind the wedding or the details. What he was talking about was the atmosphere of celebration. He was talking about celebration. And so since that time, I've just been on this journey with the Lord, learning, really discovering the immense power and the divine privilege of celebration. Um, And that's where it all kind of started for me. I love that. I love that. I love that you're saying that God is saying celebration is essential. You know, we read a lot about celebration in the Bible though, right? Aren't there a lot of examples of causes of celebration and a lot of detail and planning that goes into how these celebrations are held? Can you tell us a little bit about kind of the scriptural basis for celebration? Oh yeah. You know, anything with God is like this, right? We get a revelation from him and it's so life-changing for us. And then we go to scripture and it's been there all along. Right. <laughs> you know, and you just see that. It just jumps off the pages. You know, what I found through scripture is that celebration is not an invention of humans. It's an intention of God. And we see that, you know, starting in Leviticus, where God ordained these old covenant feasts and he leads his people and really learning how to celebrate by commemorating, you know, milestones of past breakthrough while also prophesying all the future promise. And there's this one, this is one story that I've just been so taken with in second Chronicles 20. It's the nation of Judah. And they're up against these three, just seemingly impossible to defeat nations that are after them. And they go to the Lord for, for deliverance. And what did they come up with? Well, they send people of praise and celebration ahead of the army and their war cry is give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. You know, we sometimes take on warfare, even spiritual warfare with such intensity. And these people decided we're going to be, we're going to celebrate. We're going to go ahead and celebrate the victory ahead of time before we even yeah. be battle. And of course, you know, they, they, they defeat the three nations. And then um, I want to read the scripture out of Isaiah because this just, I think this is what totally upgraded my whole perspective of the power of celebration. Isaiah 30, 32, Isaiah sharing a vision of what spiritual looks like, spiritual warfare looks like with the Lord. And he says, but you will have a joyous song throughout the night as one celebrating to the sound of a flute and dancing up the mountain of Yahweh, the rock who shelters Israel. Every stroke the Lord lays on your enemy with his punishing club will be to the sound of cymbals and strumming harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. You know, really, in other words, God fights, we celebrate, which I think is just so cool. And then, of course, a very famous illustration that maybe a lot of people are familiar with was the communion dinner, which was really a celebration meal that Jesus um, you know, put together with his disciples before he went into battle to win the ultimate victory on the cross, he decided to celebrate. And it's a celebration he always wanted us to remember and meditate on. So, you know, that's just a few examples, but all throughout scripture, we find celebration at the forefront of battle and ultimately bringing God's people into victory. That's so, that's so cool. I love that the, both of these examples, celebration actually precedes the victory. Because I feel like a lot of times in our culture, we celebrate after something's been done, after someone graduates, after someone's married, you know, after something, after the breakthrough is when we party. But the biblical examples are showing that celebration um, is not only to remember, right? The feasts were times of remembering what God has done, as you reference, but also celebrating prior to the breakthrough. Um, Like you said, leading with celebration when you're going into the battle. Now, I think that's super countercultural to what is normal and expected. We go into trying circumstances with stress, with fear and anxiety. um, And there's the gratitude is on our tongue after God has been faithful, like you promised, Um, but not often before we've seen that play out. So I think that's really really interesting. How, how does that, how's that looked in your life? Like, has there been a shift where you sort of, you shifted from kind of celebrating after the fact to celebrating before you see the breakthrough? Yeah. I mean, you talk about it being colon cultural. Absolutely. For me, it was like counter myself, right? Because I, my personality, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit more on the serious side of things. Um, I can be pretty intense, intensely focused, you know, um, high performance type a. And so, you know, I found myself living a life, um, a Christian life, a life close with God that was really um, 
joyless. And maybe that's the way to, to put it. And I felt like God not happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything was about kind of gaining ground and none of it was about celebrating the present. And, um, you know, it was always very futuristic. And I feel like the Lord met me in that place. I wanted to, for my own sake, you know, reshift my perspective. And I think, uh, you know, a big part of this was realizing that, you know, my Christian life is not about defeating evil because evil's already been defeated. Our lives are about putting the victory that Jesus already won on display. Um, you know, Colossians 2.15 illuminated this for me because it talks about how Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers of darkness, and he stripped them of every weapon. He stripped them of all of their power and authority to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in this triumphant procession they were his prisoner. He was not his, you know, that's a paraphrase. I'm kind of reading off my notes, but the the bottom line was Jesus won the victory. He's not winning the victory for us. He won the victory past tense. So I realized that celebration even, you know, and in faith and hope and all of those things, the, the weapons that we have in our hand, it's, it's, it's agreement. Celebration is agreement. And, um, I, I was, I was living a life where I thought I was still, you know, adding to the work of the cross to like finish off the victory that I didn't, I mean, maybe believe that Jesus like finished, you know? So that began to completely change my perspective, realizing the work of the cross is a finished work. And the way that I can agree with that is celebrate and enjoy the life that I'm living. It's not just about gaining ground, which is obviously part of the Christian life. I mean, we're made to be warriors. We're made to be victorious and there's going to be some hard things we face in life, but it's also, there's a lot of mountaintop moments and there's a lot of things in the ordinary of our lives, you know, whether it's fixing up a house or starting a new job or, you know, starting a family. And those are things the Lord has given us to enjoy. And so I realized when we put, when we celebrate, ultimately what we're doing is we're putting Jesus's victory on display and Satan's defeat on replay. (laughs) huge like that's a bit of a theological shift because i feel like we go into challenges hoping like christ will like have another victory as opposed to display the victory that's already been accomplished i mean i think that's a big shift in the way that we think yeah i think when you realize you are living a life that is grace upon heaping grace and you are going from glory to glory it changes the way that you live in your everyday Um, It's no longer obsessing about all that is unknown in our life. It's really focusing in and meditating on all that we do know. And that's the promises that God has given us in his word and the things that he's speaking to us, like the the way he whispered to me at that wedding, you know? Um, And so I began to shift my focus. I wanted to have, you know, ears to hear and eyes to see what the Lord was doing. And part of that was me really beginning to explore just the beauty of everyday life. Yeah. I love that. So, so tell me some practical ways, like how have you incorporated celebration in your life now? How are you celebrating the beauty in, in your life? Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've categorized it. Um, I've thought through this a lot because there's a lot of different ways that we can do this, but I think for me to kind of simplify my approach is I started doing it through three different categories that, you know, first was celebrating God and then learning to celebrate others and then learning to celebrate myself. So we'll kind of go back and talking about celebrating God, you know, um, you know, this was whispered to me at a time where, um, I was facing some hard stuff, you know, and I was realizing that, you know, we were never promised a perfect life. We were promised perfect peace. And so I was beginning to take this shift because I think for a long time, I've spent my time trying to perfect my life, you know, perfect myself, perfect my environment. And, you know, Jesus is the perfection of our life and that's enough. And so, but he did promise us perfect peace. And so I began to kind of shift my focus there. And one of the things I realized um, that has been, it was really groundbreaking in my, my walk with just the Lord himself and learning how to celebrate him authentically and honestly was this idea of a sacrifice of praise. Um, and, you know, we know this, it's easy to celebrate and praise God when life is going good. It's a little bit harder <laughs> maybe people feel impossible at times to do when life is really challenging. And so in the middle of, I, you know, before things began to work themselves out in the middle of that hard place, I began to really um, learn how to bring a sacrifice of praise to God. And, um, 
And part of that was just out of very real rawness. You know, I like, you know, in, in our search for perfection, I think we obviously project that on our relationship with the Lord. So we don't want to pray until we have the right words, right? We don't want to sing if we don't really like our singing voice. We don't want to worship when we're not feeling it. We know we want the environment to kind of be perfect in order for it to feel holy and really in order to feel right. And I just began to allow myself the permission to, in the very raw place of maybe sadness and grief, you know, bring my, my praise to the Lord. And it was okay if it was like, you know, a shaky whisper at times. And it really required me um, because I'm a very like, you know, I found, I realized this about myself, man, I'm pretty self-conscious, you know? So obviously there was beauty in, you know, our corporate gatherings on Sunday and worshiping him in that, you know, and raising my hands, maybe when I didn't feel like it, or maybe just, you know, even my body language, you know, forcing it in a way, because I wanted to, I wanted to honor God, even in the midst of my pain, but a lot of, a lot of the breakthrough happened behind closed doors, you know? So I, I would shut myself in sometimes and I would just rehearse the goodness of God. I would remember the times when he was faithful to me. I would, I would sing my own songs to him. You know, I would read scripture out loud. I would declare truth. I would, I would make it my own. And, um, I just began to experience a breakthrough. It was so interesting. It wasn't, you know, so often we, 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 um, I think we identify breakthrough as like the circumstances that we're facing changing, but I was experiencing inner breakthrough before I was experiencing outer breakthrough. So I realized I was changing before my circumstances were, were, and God was honoring that sacrifice of praise. And there was such a deep intimacy, a, a deep, you know, it's the scripture tells us this again, it's like, we experience it. And then we find in scripture, we're like, Oh, it's been there all along, but you know, he draws near to the brokenhearted. And there was, you know, a real brokenheartedness with some of the things that I was facing. And yet the Lord was so close. The Lord was so near. I mean, and we have this promise throughout scripture that, you know, suffering is not going to take you out. Yeah. You're going to face some suffering. That's going to be unavoidable pain is not always avoidable, but fear, you can always avoid fear. And so I began the, you know, the fear of the unknown and the emotion and, you know, the anger, the hurt, the frustration, all of that began to become way less powerful and dictating in my life. And I began to be, um, really tasting the fruit of the spirit, you know, finding that, you know, patience was in me all along because Christ is in me, you know, and long suffering, all those things. And this character and this perseverance began to build just like scripture said it would. And, um, you know, I realized I, I could honestly say very genuinely say, I am so grateful. You know, I think that's where, where James is talking about, you know, count it all joy when you come into trial yeah. You know, I used to think that was like, let's, you know, you know, be, be happy. And that wasn't, you know, be happy that you're facing trial. It wasn't so much that it's, it was this futuristic thing where I like, I'm facing hurt in the moment. I don't have to be happy about what's happening to me, but I can be very joyful about what I'm becoming out of all of this. And looking back, I look back on that season and I realized I would not have the rich reward from that season had it not been a season of suffering. Cause, cause good seasons, they're amazing and they're, they're rich in the believer's life, but they do not perverse. Um, they do not, um, produce the same perseverance, intimacy with the Lord, trust, faith. Um, I, I, I'm, I felt like in that season, I became more myself than I've ever been before. And so that was, that was my season walking with God and learning to celebrate him even in the hard times. That's so cool. I love the way you talk about it because it's not conjuring up this like flighty, like happy go lucky persona in the midst of trial, because that it feels so inauthentic and just distasteful in your mouth. You don't think I have to try to be this way or act this way or put this off if I really believed in God. And I, I, that's, that's so not attractive, but I love what well, you're you said something, you said, you said inauthentic. And I think that's a real popular word right now. A lot of people are using authenticity and they want to be authentic and they want to be genuine. And I think some people are using that as an excuse to kind of be real and raw out in public and just like share everything. But, you know, the Lord challenged me on this because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very, um, practical person. You know, I don't, I'm not very whimsical, and I just told the Lord, I was very honest with him. I was like, I don't want to fake this. Like, am I just like, is, is, is my life? Am I now, are you leading me to a place where I'm just going to have to fake it till I make it? And, you know, he challenged me on that. He said, you know, be authentic to what Lindsay, 
who you really are or the circumstances that you're facing. And I realized, you know, I have an identity in Christ that is authentic. And unchanging. It's, and it's unchanging. And even though it, my circumstances might not align with that identity, when I act out of that identity, even if I'm not feeling it in the moment, I am being most authentic. That's so good. Because, you know, what you have to decide, you know, you're going you're gonna to come across a fork in the road as a life of a believer. You know, who are you? Who is God to you? All of those things. But ultimately, you have to decide what's going to be more real to you, the kingdom or this world. And the Bible is very clear. And it says, you know, we live in this world, but we're not of it. And so we have to begin to pursue what we're really of. And that was, that was what was happening to me in this season. I had to learn to be authentic to who I really was and who God was, not what was happening in my, my outer world. And so even though it felt at times authentic, it was the most real I've ever been. I love that. And so, so how, again, just going back to the practical expression, um, I love what you're talking about celebration because I feel like it's the expression of gratitude. There's so much in the scripture, scripture about gratitude and thankfulness and celebration is kind of, is like kind of putting skin on that. It's, it's the expression of the gratitude and thank, thankfulness in our hearts and, and our faith in what we know to be true about God. So how did you celebrate God? Just tell us one more time. What did that look like in the privacy of your home or in your car? How how are you celebrating God? Yeah. So, um, I think my reactions, I I really watched my reactions to things. I wanted my reactions to be faith filled. The only way to really free, the only way I think that's, um, that I have found anyway, to make sure that your reactions, cause you know, it, a reaction is reaction. It's like in the moment, right? I had to be, I had to begin to make sure that my inner world and my private world aligned first with the word of God. So that when I was out in the world, my reactions mimicked what was going on inside of me, right? Because that's scriptural too. Um, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Um, and so meditation was huge for me in this. Um, I began to really meditate on God's word. You do, you can do this through very, you know, um, I made sure if I was listening to anything that it was faith filled. So podcast, even, um, I wanted to make sure that it was hope filled. It was faith filled not necessarily always Christian, but even if I was listening to like business podcasts, marketing podcasts, I wanted it to come from a place that was hope filled. It was important for me in that time to really fill my mind with truth. And, you know, I'm, I'm a believer that any truth is God's truth because God is truth. So even, and the world's picking up on biblical principles. They just don't know it yet. Right. So they're, they're catching up. So I wanted to make sure that anything, even TV shows, um, I was very careful even at the time about like certain news outlets and stuff that I watched because, you know, everyone wants to remain informed, but this was, this was, you know, this was battle, this was warfare. And so it was important for me to guard my mind and heart in the season, be pretty intentional. Um, the music that I listened to, I made sure it was hope filled. You know, I didn't need to listen to sad music. That just wasn't, some people like to do that. you know, when they're sad, listen to sad music. But for me, I knew I needed to listen that th- those were the moments I really needed to shift. I needed to make some changes. So I was listening to worship music a lot or hope filled music, um, posting scripture and declarations around where I could see them easily, you know, bathroom mirrors, um, in my car, I made sure the company that I was keeping at the time, um, was hope filled and faith filled people that were going to be speaking truth to me. It doesn't mean that I like shut out all of the world, but if I was going to be spending, it was who I was spending the the majority of my time with, right. Or at least who I was processing with. Um, because I think sometimes when we're in a hurting place, we want everyone to know all the details, you know, we want to process it. We want to get feedback. I don't think that's very helpful. I think you need to keep that circle of friends or the circle of mentors pretty tight knit. doesn't mean you can't like hang out with other people, but when you're talking about the realness and the rawness of your life. I think it's really important um, who you go to. One thing that I did um, that I think might be a little bit controversial, and I think this you have to know yourself in this, but especially when I had hard days, I I would make sure that I... I so sometimes I would go on social media <laughs> and I would look for the good in my friends' lives. You know, maybe I wasn't having a good day. And sometimes when you're not having a good day, you can get to a place of despair where 
everything is drenched in darkness. Right. And it's kind of like, everything's bad, even the world. So I, I use social media as a tool, not all the time. There were some times where I was like, it's probably not good for me to be on social media today, but this was one of the key things I did when I was learning to celebrate others is I would go on social media and find a few posts of friends who had really good days or things to celebrate. And I would just join in with them. I would like it. I would comment. Didn't mean that I spent hours on social media. I think that's important too. I think we need to guard our time with, you know, living in that world. But I just decided, you know, I needed the testimony of goodness in other people's lives. You know, the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I testimony, I honestly believe it's an invitation for the Lord to do it again in our lives. And so, so I would use social media as well and, and celebrate the goodness of God in other people's lives. And, um, it just, you know, when you begin to like make certain routine and habitual changes, you'll be so shocked at how that changes, like everything about the way that you see the world, the way that you view yourself, the way that you view God. Um, and so those are some of the practical things that I did. I love that. I think it, it segues as well into your second point about celebrating others. Um, I think that only works if you're not comparing your circumstances to someone else's circumstances, because, you know, when your circumstances are difficult and you see others are victorious and joyful, it can feel like nails on a chalkboard if you're in a place of insecurity and comparison, um, which sometimes we find ourselves when things are challenging. But what I love about how you're describing is that you are being authentic to who you know you are in Christ and able and understanding the, the importance of seeing God's victory on display. And it doesn't just have to be in your life at that moment. God's victory is on display constantly around us in creation and in other people's stories. So if we can celebrate that in someone else's story, it wells up a faith response for our own story. So can you just kind of tell us a little bit more about you know, how you celebrate others, why you feel like it's important and just kind of dive into that. Yeah. And I don't want to get caught up and it's a whole different conversation, but you bring up a good point about comparison. All comparison is, is accusation. Right. And who's the accuser? (laughs) Satan. And so that's not coming from any healthy place. We know that. And I think there's obviously guardrails you can put in place for comparison, but um, I, I also would encourage people listening. If you're fighting comparison, like you need to break, you you need to push through that. And, and you start with the word of God. So one of the scriptures I used during this time was in Hebrews 10, and it talks about how we know that God keeps all of his promises. So if God's keeping all of his promises, like I'm not going to be left out. Just because something's happening good in my life doesn't mean that now the Lord has less to give to me because his resources are unlimited. Exactly. It's a worldly perspective. And we know this, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to beat up on people. Not, not at all. This is about, this is about making a change. It's not about being further condemned. But we know that in the world, resources are limited. So it's worldly thinking to think that God is also limited when he's not, he's unlimited. So he always has more than enough and he's going to, all of his promises are yes and amen. And so celebrating others. Okay. Even the world knows it's nice to be nice to people, but here's the kingdom kicker. The kingdom kicker is when you are nice to someone or when you celebrate with someone, especially when they get what you're believing for. Mm. the world is not capable of doing that. They're not, not authentically anyway. This is the believer's life. This is something that sets us apart. We have been empowered to do this because we know that our God is unlimited. And so um, I just, I began to celebrate with people, especially when they were believing. And, and, And honestly, you know, people ask me this question and it's a very fair question, you know, Um, was that hard for you? It really wasn't. And I think it's not because I'm brilliant or like better than anyone, but I think I was coming from such a place of truth. You know, I'd been spending time in the word. I'd been spending time with the Lord. I was becoming more myself than ever before. So there was a settledness within me. And I really truly saw what was happening in other people's lives, especially things that I was believing for as a testimony for me. Like I it felt like a fulfilled promise for me. Like it felt like one step closer, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, to make it really personal, cause you know, we're, we're friends, Jenny, right. Um, <laughs> Let's just <you> know, <laughs> this is a question I, I get, I, it's a question I get asked by some, you know, close friends that know our situation, but they say, you know, is it hard for you to go to baby showers? Because we're in a, we want children, but we've been unable to have them. We don't really know why yet. We're kind of on a journey right now with that. 
And, and it's really, it's not, and I know, and it's, and I'm so careful with sharing this because I know it's extremely painful for so many people. And I know why I absolutely know why I've tasted of that. I know that pain, but when I began to live in this revelation of truth about celebration, being agreement and being an agreement, it really feels to me like when I go to a baby shower, or an adoption shower, like a promise fulfilled to me, because it reminds me of how good God is and good. God is good, but he's good to me and he's good to my friends and he's good to others. And there's such settledness and security in that. And, um, you know, so that usually the follow-up question then is, well, what if it never happens for you? Because it, 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 doesn't happen for everyone. Even faith-filled, believing, praying, righteous people, it doesn't always happen. And I don't know why that is, Yeah. but I've had to decide to not live a life focused on what I don't know and to live a life focused on what I do know. So what I do know is this, even if we don't have children, I know that my hands will not remain empty because I know that the Lord has good things in store for us and good things promised to us. So I'm excited about the future, not apprehensive. There's only a joyful anticipation for what's to come, not insecurity or fear. Um, a lot of times, and, and this isn't necessarily a new concept. I've heard it shared many different times, but it was really helpful for me was the what if versus the even if, you know, a lot of the unknown and is, is kind of, um, we come across life, like the questions I've been asking, like what been asked, like, what if this doesn't happen? And that what if statement is always based in doubt and doubt only leads us to despair. So I've, I've decided and very graciously, not always in front of people, but when I have the opportunity to respond or people are genuinely looking for an answer, you know, I've shifted that what if question to be an even if declaration of faith. And so just like I said, you know, even if this doesn't happen, God will still remain faithful to me and not, not in just theory, but in a very tangible and real way. I know this because my friends are experiencing it in their lives. I've experienced such goodness in my life through the Lord. Like he has not withheld anything from me and he won't. And Psalm 23 promises, like the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not lack any good thing. So I I would encourage you if you're listening and and you're single and you want to be married, you know, like like all the wedding pictures that people post and comment and RSVP to as many as you can attend. And, you know, if you, if somebody gets the promotion that you wanted, you know, be the first to congratulate them. And if you're believing for a house right now and you're like, you're like the only friend that's still renting, you know, and you're like, when's my time coming, you know, you know, be the first to show up with like champagne and like celebrate with these people because, um, it's a promise fulfilled, not just to them, but to you. It's a reminder that God has only good things in store. That's so good. And for, for Ryan and I, we've had to be conscious and, and even when it felt personal, you know, uh, and, and felt lacking, you know, when we've had to just make a choice to celebrate, to be the first ones to congratulate, the first ones there cheering someone on when it's something that we were trusting for, maybe even longer than they were, um, it's changed our hearts. And it's, it hasn't been a fake thing. It hasn't been like a show, like, a, you know, putting on your Southern mask to say bless you and then coming home and, and, and be pissed at the Lord or, or your circumstances. It's, it really has, celebration has actually changed our heart, the condition of our hearts. And I love, you know, you talked about celebrating God. And I think, you know, in order to celebrate others, you have to celebrate the infinite nature of God. You, know, you talked about how if we think that babies are finite, there's only so many, and your name didn't come up to get one. Like that, that's very, that's very discouraging. It's just not true. His nature, his resources are infinite, and I think we have to have that expectation, that clarity on the nature of God, and then we can go into celebrating others, particularly in those sensitive areas, understanding there is not a finite amount of provisions. There are, are promotions, you know, that there, the Lord is vastly more creative. His mercies are new every morning and he creates out of nothing. That's how he created the world. It's how he creates opportunities and upgrades every single day. He creates out of nothing. He's God. And so when we can celebrate from a place of knowing God's nature, we have much better, much more freedom and abundance in our friendships with others. Um, I love oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think, 
we, we have to get to a play. And, and this isn't me saying like, it's never okay to be sad or to grieve the sadness or absolutely not. You know, God is a safe place. He's a father. He's our father. And like any good father, he's a place for us to process even our hardest, most painful situation. So this is never about like, you know, it's not okay to be sad about things. Absolutely not. Like there's, it's actually very healthy to process our pain. I would encourage us to process our pain, not just with trusted counsel, but with God himself. You know, that's, I have had the most um, intense and healing counseling sessions with just the Lord himself at times. So that's not me saying, right. (laughs) He is, he's, he's, and he's our comforter and he's our comforter. A whole book on this. Like, didn't he like (laughs) all of Psalms is the biggest book in the Bible? (laughs) You know, he wants to be there for us. And I think, you know, I've often related to the Lord as if he's human. And, you know, the Bible even says like, God isn't human that he should lie. And I've, I've even extended that a little bit into my own translation or should that he should reschedule or not have time for us or not want to hear the, you know, nitty gritty of our lives. Like the Lord wants, I mean, he wants to be so intimately, I mean, he cares so much about being connected with us that he sent his son in order for that connection to be intact. You know, like he hasn't withheld even his son. He's not going to withhold anything else, including his, his connection with us and his closeness and his nearness with us. So if you're feeling the pain of, you know, this isn't what I thought my life was going to be, I would encourage you to process that with the Lord. Don't hold back. But I think I I just want to make sure that people know that there is, there is a way of hope and it's not just, it's not, it's a way it's a, it's a piece. It's a, your, your emotions will eventually align like mine have, like I can all, I can, I, I love going to baby showers. I do. I love, I love when there's a pregnancy announcement. I really do because it's just, it's so life-giving to me. Like that's so authentic to me right now. Um, because there's the switch has been made. The Lord has done something in my heart, something very real that has given me, um, a place of victory in this and where, where in the world, it looks like such loss and such disappointment. It's actually been a place of strength and encouragement, which has been really cool. And I think we have to realize and trust that the Lord is doing something with all of us individually. You know, I think as humans, we, we are quick to generalize. We're quick to stereotype. We're quick to make formulas for things. And you had mentioned something like, you know, even when Ryan and I have been believing for something longer, you know, that's something we like to like define things by time because that's who we are. We're creatures bound by time, but the Lord is not. And he's doing something with us individually. So, um, if you're in a place of pain, I would, I would really encourage you to ask Lord, Lord, what are you doing with me? And you might even be asking like, what the heck are you doing? But no, really, Lord, what are you doing with me? And so Bruce and I, we've asked that question like, okay, so we thought we would have kids by then, (laughs) by now, you know, a lot of our friends are having, we're kind of like the, you know, the cool aunt and uncle to a lot of our friends' kids, you know, and, um, and our own, you know, two nieces. And, um, and that's fine. And we're like, you know, is it, we're, you know, what are you, we're doing? And he's just spoken such truth in, in this. And we realize, you know, he's doing a great work within us individually and we're on our own walk with the Lord. And so, you know, there's no formula and some people he's going to bless in an instant and some people it's going to be a process and we're going to experience instant victory that, or something that might look like instant victory to someone else. But like the Lord's going through a process with all of us in a journey and that's the sweetness and that's the kindness because ultimately, and I'll never get over this, the creator of the universe cares about me enough to journey with me in this life and, and remain intentional with me. He doesn't have me on a general plan. He doesn't have me on a formula. And I find such amazement in that. I mean, I'll just, I'll never get over that. (laughs) What love. Exactly. What love, you know, I could, when you realize when you, when you begin to eat of that fruit, you can't live the normal life. It's not satisfying anymore. It's not enough. Well, and I think like you were saying earlier, there's something about like um, finding joy and excitement and hope in the unknown as opposed to fear and discouragement because it's in that unknown that our unique story is unfolding. But if we want the formula, the, hey, this is like, it goes, life should go in this order. It should look like this. If we are so married to that, that general you know, typical, average, you know, story, then ours is never going to match up. Every one of ours is unique. And so actually having the, the, the 
almost like the American dream or, or whatever. It's the only way. It has to look like this. This is the expectation. If we, if we throw our stories up against it, we're, we're always going to come back disappointed. There's always going to be some measure of inconsistency, but that's not what the Lord threw up as uh, threw to us as our a standard of comparison. He said, Jesus, he said, abundance, he said, adventure, he said, trust me, and I will bring you into ever increasing glory. You will become, you oh, uh, oh yeah, image, and your life will be transformed into an abundant life. So there isn't a good comparison or, or standard because it's so unique for each of us, but it's all, no, yeah, Jesus is the standard. That's it. Jesus is the standard and he, Jesus didn't live a normal life and yet he lived such a fulfilling one. And, you know, his legacy, I mean, what, how amazing. And, and we're called to that type of life. I mean, we're called, the Bible says we're called to, we have a living hope and too often. And I understand how this happens. We become very familiar with the world we're in. And so the world's definitions of things become our own definitions. But we have to, you know, we have to ask ourselves, is this what the Bible says about this? And so something like as something as real and living as hope has become more or less wishful thinking in a lot of lives of believers. They don't understand that hope is the joyful anticipation of something good. And so it's, it, it is not a flimsy thing. This is powerful. This is real. And so we need to put hope at the forefront of every day, every circumstance, every situation, every unknown and anticipate, not become apprehensive about all that could go wrong. So good. And I think what, you know, just in recap of how you were talking about celebrating others, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is to our hope and faith and the faithfulness of God comes from testimonies. So seek them out, actively look for on, on internet, on social media, in, in your church, in your neighborhood, examples, testimonies of God breaking through in an area you're trusting for. So yeah. In scripture, in scripture, you know, these Bible characters we put on such a pedestal, they're, they're normal people. They're humans like you and I, who are living some of them very ordinary lives and God intervened and completely changed their trajectory. So those are testimonies too, that we can focus on as well. Absolutely. It's, I think testimonies are so strengthening for our souls and they free us up to truly authentically all in celebrate those other victories that we see around us because it allows yeah. us a faith, not a disappointment because we know who our God is. We know his nature. Yeah, Love absolutely. It. Okay. So what's the third way that you're incorporating celebration in your life? Celebrating me. Ooh. You know, this is very, you know, we are in a, we are in an age of self-empowerment and um, my only issue with that is that it's not really biblical, but spirit empowerment is. And when we realize who God is, we get an accurate picture of who we are, which is not less than at all. And this, this came to me in my prayer time because I, for years, have prayed a very dumb prayer. Um, and maybe, maybe it's one that some of your listeners have prayed before, but um, I prayed this prayer and it was, Lord empty me of myself and fill me with you. And it sounds so biblical and so right. And the Lord stopped me one day. I I mean, I probably prayed this prayer a million times and it was coming from this place of perceiving every negative thing that I thought I was and, you know, realizing all the positive things that I was not, you know, it came from a place of really false humility and just real insecurity and low self-esteem. And the Lord stopped me one day and he said, I chose you before the foundations of the world were even formed. I blessed you with every spiritual blessing. I made you a co-heir with Christ. I put my very spirit in you. I gave you the mind of Christ so you could share my ways and my thoughts. I made you strong. You are more than a conqueror. You are righteous. You are victorious. You are whole. You are healed. You are bold. You are free. You are the light of the world. You have my characteristics. You are my child. You are my partner. You are my ambassador. You are my masterpiece. You are my friend. You are my beloved. I delight in you. And you want me to empty you of that? (laughs) No, no, I won't do it. And all of those things I just declared were based in scripture. I mean, he took me through each of the scriptures. It wasn't like things I was like making up in my head. And I realized that 
I I had a, having a low opinion of me was having an inaccurate picture of God and what he, and the work he's done through me. And so I just began to stop focusing on all that I perceived that I wasn't and to start celebrating all that I was. And I think some of us get a little bit antsy about that because we think, well, I don't want to be puffed up and I don't want to be prideful. Look, first of all, okay, that proves that you're self-aware enough that it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but really, it's not biblical and it doesn't honor God when we don't celebrate ourselves. We have to see ourselves accurately because the Lord has some pretty miraculous big plans for our lives. And if we don't see ourselves accurately, we're never going to realize the dreams that the Lord has for us because we're going to be so focused on all the things that we're not, we're never going to be like Gideon in the well. And we're going to try to talk God out of what he has planned for us. And that's just a waste of time, quite honestly. I mean, the Lord will be patient with us, but I was just, I, I, I think he was so patient with me and he was so gentle in that conversation, but I realized like, okay, I need to stop wasting time here because the Lord has big plans for me and he's made me a big person in the kingdom. And if I don't see myself that way, I am dishonoring what he made. And I'm not going to do that anymore. So I began to learn how to celebrate myself. And I, your list though. So what's interesting is you're not celebrating your appearance or your performance. And I think no. that's where the world goes, right? Celebrate you like girl power, but, but it tends towards those, the, the outer performance, the outer looks, the outer perceptions, celebrating those things, which celebrating those, it will fail us, right? We all, won't always be beautiful and perfect and act right and be, so, so that's a really um, unstable, insecure thing to, to bank anything on. But you're talking about celebrating the work of Christ in us, right? Absolutely. And finding peace with ourselves and finding peace with God and not, not striving for perfection that he has already achieved. Yeah. On our behalf. So good. And, and I think, you know, um, I think with the self-empowerment movement, I think the danger is that it's based in a self-centeredness. I understand. I, and I, and I understand where it's coming from because there has been this, I, I love the backlash on insecurity and low self-esteem. I love what it's doing there because that, that those are two, because, because both of those things are based in lies and accusations. Right. And that, that those are Satan's weapons. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the father of all lies. So I love that there's backlash against that, but we have to make sure that our response to what the enemy is trying to torment us with is biblically based because then we will experience the permanent victory of all the Bible has promised us. And so we have to realize that we are not self-empowered people. We are spirit empowered people and, and we can have peace with ourselves and, and including, and it, and it overflows, right? Because God is so extravagant with us. So it overflows. So I found as I began to focus on all of the things God has called me and made me to be in his word overflowed into my life, I began to have peace with things like my appearance. You know, I began to, it wasn't so much that I cared less, like, you know, I want to, I have braces on right now. I'm 32 years old. I'll be 32 <laughs> And I have, I mean, I want to be pretty. Okay. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not, a, that's not necessarily a bad desire, but when my life is dictated through that desire, then things get kind of wonky. Right. So it wasn't that I cared less necessarily about things like appearance or, you know, I want to do a good job, but those things no longer dictated my trajectory and they definitely didn't dictate my worth. And I think that's where it comes from is yeah. what, what is it that is making us feel worthy or unworthy for that matter? And those are, those are the two knobs I think that we have to adjust. You know, I find my worthiness in, in Jesus and out of that comes an overflow from the rest all, all, uh, into my outer world. And it affects my outer world in such a positive, peaceful way. And, you know, I had to lay down the performance thing, you know, I'm a type A oldest child. Um, and you know, performance ruled my life for a long time. You know, I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to please people, especially people that I respected and I cared about, you know, parents, teachers, bosses, you know, people had authority over me, but ultimately like I, I was supplanting pleasing God to please other people. And that, that gets really messy. And so I, and you never find peace there, right? Because right. people are humans and they're going to disappoint us. And and, um, I think it's a cup that's never going to be filled, honestly. And not so much because people are going to 
you know, do bad things to us. But I think it's because just the way that we perceive ourselves in the eyes of other people, especially people we respect, like that's just a cup that we're never going to see as full. So I had to begin to look at the cup differently and say, well, you know, my, my cup, my, my pleasing cup with Jesus is full, right? Because he, he filled the cup and that cup can't be emptied. And so I began to just, it just began to shift the lens in which I looked at myself and I looked at others and I looked at my world. And that's, I think that's what really shifted. And, you know, um, it's been such a peaceful place. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that in you. So how do you practically celebrate yourself? Like, what does that look like? That is a great question. Well, I think declarations are really important. Um, I think it's really important, like, you know, how, how we kind of set up our day. Um, and so I would encourage people, especially from the beginning, you know, you're building new habits, you're building new thought patterns, you're building new, um, pathways in your brain when you're starting to make this shift. So, um, you know, put stick stuff up on the mirror. I I was pretty careful about, you know, like I don't pick up my phone now. It's not the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. I, I try to make the first thing I do pick up the word and it's not a matter of, of quantity, just quality. So sometimes it can just be literally be one scripture, maybe even a few words, just something to set up my day and remind me who I am and who God is and what he's called me to. And, um, you know, but practically speaking, I've had to really, um, give myself some permission. So this blog that we talked about at the beginning was something that was pretty stretching for me because I was really fighting against, is this going to look self-promotional or like, how do I keep this from being like self-promotional, you know? Um, and so I had, I, I love writing. It's something I so enjoyed doing. I think it's something that God's given me a gift he's given me. And yet for so long, I mean, for 30 years, Jenny, (laughs) I really struggled to share this with other people because it felt showy. Yeah. Um, and it, and in some of it, I think felt vulnerable. I just don't want to be criticized, you know, cause I meant, it meant so much to me. It was so much of a part of me, you know? Yeah. So I think that's part of that too. You have to kind of open yourself up, but I think part of it was just learning to celebrate the gifts that God had given me and not apologize for it. Um, I've, ap- I started apologizing a lot less. I, <laughs> just in general you've helped me with that you know you've helped me not um as soon as I get done with some project or or whatever initially say what was wrong with it I mean that's that was my leading question to people like you that I respect and I want feedback from like okay so tell me the bad part And, and you've taught me to say whoa 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 like stop and celebrate like what the Lord's done here through you it's beautiful there's a place for feedback but you've really shifted that for me. And I think it's because you've, you've made that shift for yourself. Yeah. I, I began to, yeah. I, it, 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 oh, I totally understand that. I, I, you know, getting off stage or, you know, speaking or like doing a, you know, presentation at work or something, the first thoughts would be everything that just went wrong. <laughs> and I, I should, I stopped doing that. I, I, I started, I look, there's always time for like upgrade and there's always time to like tweak and make better, but not immediately after something's done. Um, cause it was, it was stripping the joy out of it, you know? And so I began to stop doing that. I began to usually give myself at least a 24 hour period if possible before I think through like, okay, how could I have made that better? And just simply enjoy it. I did that. So I just, we, I just spoke at our church's women's conference and it was the first time Jenny that I've spoken in public and I walked off stage and I felt good about it. Wow. Like just totally just was like not the first time you've spoken on stage. And- it's not the first time. And, and I thought, and, and, you know, it was, it was a little bit sad at first. Cause I thought, man, well, how much, how much enjoyment have I missed out on over the years? Cause yeah. I just haven't allowed myself to celebrate what I just did, what I just accomplished on stage, what I just shared. And, um, and so those are things that happened. I began to, um, not talk people out of the compliments that they gave me we do this so easily, right? Oh, I love that dress. Oh my gosh. Like I just, you know, it's, it's been in the back of my closet or, you know, so it's like, you know, oh, it's, you know, you just begin to like apologize for like, I don't know, wearing a pretty dress. And I just begin to say, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you did a good job on, you did it. That was an excellent talk. Thank you so much. That's so encouraging. Cause it is, it is. And I'm so grateful that someone would take the time to point out a compliment. So I've stopped deflecting compliments. I've just learned to like receive them. I don't always have to like, I think we like want to fill the air and like, you know, even if we're not apologetic, we want to like explain it or something. And I just learned sure. like, we're expecting like more, like something for their compliment other than thank you. And I've just, I've said, thank you. Um, so those are, that's something I've done. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, uh, really, you know, I I'm on Instagram. I'm not the best at like using filters and stuff. And I've kept that from like sharing with the world. Some of my, like, just like everyday photos and stuff that I like to share. Cause I've like 
gone through like, okay, does this feel braggy? Like this isn't the best photo or like, do I have to explain this? And I've just like, I'm like, you know, if I feel prompted to share something, I'm just going to do it. Cause this is, this is my Instagram feed. You know? right. <laughs> this is a documentation. And, and I, and I want to like, I want to celebrate what God's doing in my life. I want to, I want to, and then, look, there's wise ways to do it. There's ways that we can do that well. And I, I think when we, when we realize that we're spirit empowered, we can always ask the Holy spirit to like, you know, check our hearts. That's fine. That's healthy, but I'm not going to hold back from celebrating the goodness in my life or sharing things on social media, just because I, of how I think it's going to like come across. I want to be wise about it, but I'm not going to hold back anymore. So yeah. those are things I've, I've been doing, um, not apologizing for the favor of God on my life. Um, I think a lot of people do that, you know, they, they kind of want to, they get outrageously blessed with, you know, something material usually is where we, we have the hold up, you know, where are people going to think, you know, is my house too big? Is this car too nice? Or I don't deserve this computer that I just got or, you know, and, um, a lot of times it's coming from a place of provision, like the Lord's provided a way for something to happen. And I used to just like really shy away from like sharing that with people. And of course, again, there's wisdom on how we do this, but I was realizing that I was apologizing and, and we do this with our gifts. We do this with, you know, speaking with writing, with being really good in business or being excellent, you know, teachers in the classroom. And like, we get rewards for it. And we like, feel like we can't like celebrate ourselves fully because it feels very self-promotional, but like, that's the favor of God in our lives when people recognize, you know, the goodness in our gifts and our skills and our talents. So I'm learning to do that. Obviously we want to do that in a wise and a gracious way, but we've just, a lot of us, I think have just completely like withheld allowing ourselves to enjoy the favor of God in our lives, the compliments that people give us, the encouragement that comes our way because we feel probably not worthy of it. Or we feel like if we um, bask in it, that feels ungodly, but that's just not biblical. Well, that, it, it, that's so helpful because I think it's that false humility you're talking about. We're striving to be humble over prideful. I mean, I really fear being prideful. I just don't want to be that. I'd rather be nothing than like prideful. So I think those fears actually, again, fear always limits, freedom always opens. And just Good. you, I feel more free to celebrate Jesus in me, not celebrate my performance, or my appearance, because that's that's the big difference here, is what we're celebrating. Like, let's make a big deal about Christ in us, and Christ in our friends, and Christ in our circumstances. Like, the whole point is to glorify God the Father with our lives. And so, like, let's make a thing of it. But we're not celebrating, like, our performance or our appearance or the things that that shift like sand and come and go and it, it's Jesus in us that is worthy of all praise and I feel like that's the that's the adjustment that you've made Lindsay that is setting us up to understand and find freedom in you know and I'm and this is something I'm learning and I'm growing in so I'm just processing here I'm not saying this is like the theological truth but it, you know it hit me the other day so Bruce and I just got back from a trip in the Shenandoah Valley and it's absolutely stunning there just valleys and mountains and hills and it hit me you know I had no issue posting a picture of a mountainscape and saying this is the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen but I would never do that with a selfie of myself <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Now here's the, now here's the thing. Yeah, both both of those are cre- the mountain and me are things that God created. Yeah, and He cares way more about me than He does that mountain. And so this is just something I'm learning and processing with the Lord. Is like, what is the real issue we have with enjoying and celebrating? all that we are. And, and I, and I understand that we've seen it go, go so wrong, but like you said, that's still fear-based because we're fearing what could go wrong. And, and I would say, you know, if you're someone listening and you're like, I just don't want to be fearful. I'm afraid about pride. I mean, like I would say that you already have the guardrails in place, right? Cause you're pretty self-aware. It's usually the prideful people that are, that have no awareness, right? <laughs> like, yeah, true. It doesn't even cross their minds, right? Is this prideful? So I, I, I would, I would say like, just breathe for a second, you know, like give yourself some, some grace here, because I think you've already got some good guardrails in place. You're not going to go off the deep end here, but I would really encourage you to practice this with the Lord of giving yourself permission to just celebrate you. You know, if you're having a good hair day, awesome. I think it does something with, I think it does something in our spirit 
when we are truly at peace with ourselves, you know, whether that's our appearance or our performance, we really feel like we did a good job. Um, you know, we really, we really are enjoying the house that we're living in. We're really enjoying, you know, the family that God's given us, the children he's given us or the husband he's given us. I mean, yes, we, we want to protect people, but like, again, like, I, I think we need to be very careful about this apologizing for God's favor in our life and withholding celebration. Um, and it's a partnership we're celebrating. We're a celebration is agreement. Okay. So it's happening with the Lord. We're not off on our own doing this. So he's there with us. He's going to keep us. I, I really, if we're truly surrendered, he's going to keep us in a safe place. We're not going to, you know, dive off the hill of vanity and pride and all of those things. But I think, I think we need to open ourselves up a little bit more to really exploring and practicing and and asking the Holy spirit to reveal to us where are areas that I have withheld celebration that I need to begin to agree with you in. Um, Because I think ultimately when we begin to see ourselves accurately it opens us up and frees us up to walk into all that God has called us to all of our purpose and all of our destiny and all the plan he has called us to. I think when we get held up, you know, things that seem you know, small, like I don't feel very pretty or I don't think I'm really good at this, or I don't think I'm enough. You know, it, it, those are things that can snowball pretty quickly out of control. So I I'm kind of, you know, again, I'm processing this and I'm learning as I go, but I'm learning to be Fear is not really a good word, but more afraid of that than I am of being afraid of being like too much of the celebration. Yeah. Cause I know that I know I trust God enough and I trust our relationship with enough for him to guide me and lead me. He's done this before. I mean, he's, you know, I, I, I I'm afraid of, of withholding. I'm afraid of what that would do versus opening myself up to being completely at peace with myself, celebrating who I am, not caught up so much in what I'm not or perceive that I'm you know you were talking about like what's the root of this and I don't know about I don't know this is general for everyone but for me I see I look in the mirror and see my sin or see my past or see my failures or my shortcomings or like yet again Jenny you still didn't do this good enough so I see that when I look in the mirror too often whereas God consistently sees Jesus when he looks at me he sees perfection and so I think that um that perspective is definitely fueling the way that we celebrate or don't celebrate ourselves. Yeah. Whose voice do we want in our heads? So when we're, when we're, when there's an accusation or a lie in our heads, that's the enemy's voice. Yeah. It's not even us because that's not who we are in Christ. So it's not even really us. So we, we think it's us and that feels like a safer space, right? To make, like, to keep us in check. That's the enemy. And I, I, I don't want the enemy in my head. So I'm, quick to shut that voice up, um, more so than ever before. Um, I, I just, I don't have time for that. And that's, I mean, that's more, I don't want the enemy's voice in my head. So if it's, there's an accusation, if there's a lie, I'm quick to shut that up. And again, look, the Lord gives us all kinds of guardrails. Obviously he gives us himself. He gives us the Holy spirit who he says is our helper and our guide. And he also gives us, you know, authentic community. And if you feel like you're in a, that's key, the community, yeah, it's a good guardrail. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good guardrail. I mean, they'll keep us in check, but no, even then Jenny, and we have to like be very surrendered to the Lord in this because there have been times when I have been in community and they have not seen me accurately. True. You know, they've missed, they've they've misdefined me because people, because people are human, people have good hearts. They have good hearts. This is not necessarily like, you know, I'm not like walking away from people, but like, you know, I've had to, there have been times when I've gotten advice you know, from people that just did not, did I, there was just, it just did not resonate. And I've had to bring that to the Lord. You know, I don't, I don't like, you know, stir on it and meditate on it without the Lord being present. Cause that's not helpful, but I bring it to the Lord and I say, is this, is this who I am? Is this how you see me? And he's, he's quick to say, you can disregard that or here's somewhere that we need to, you know, work on. Um, but again, this, this comes from a place of, and it's going it, to, it's going to take, it's not going to happen instantly. This is a relationship, just like a relationship you'd have with a friend or your husband. Like it takes time to get to know each other. It takes time to get familiar, to get familiar with each other's voices and tone and all that stuff. So we have to get in the word. We can't do this apart from the Lord. Yeah. We can't do it healthy apart from the Lord. So it's, it's, it takes time. And what I'm sharing from you is not like, you know, a 24 hour period. I mean, this is like my life. This is me journeying with the Lord and learning things along the way. I just have, I just have a much different piece now. I'm okay with the process. I'm at peace with the journey. I'm not rushing off to the destination. 
Um, the Lord is taking his time with me and I'm honored that he would do that. And so I'm allowing him to do that each and every day. Yeah. Thank you, Lindsay. I feel like, you know, the starting point for all of us who are listening, myself included, is learning to more and more agree, right? If celebration is agreement, agree with the word of God over us. Yes. The word of God about himself. I am who I am. You know, if we know who God is and we agree with that. And then if we hear, really have ears to hear and agree with his word over us, my banner over you is love. I see, I see purity when I look at you. If we agree with those words, then our response is celebration as all that God has promised and said and declared is on display. And so I think, you know, I love that you've just given us that synonym of agreement um, to really take and take hold of and uh, as we consider celebration. So thank you, Lindsay. Just such just wisdom and vulnerability. Thank you for sharing parts of your story with us. Um, it's so helpful. And I am even more encouraged today than the first time I heard you talk about it. Oh, thank you so much. It's been such a joy to talk about this. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> well, Lindsay, if you would just, I'd love to close in prayer. So I would love for you to just pray over us if you wouldn't mind. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Father God, we're so thankful for you. We, just cel we celebrate your goodness. We celebrate who you are. We celebrate the environments in which you placed us in, the people you surrounded us with, the gifts from God. That's who they are. And we celebrate ourselves. We celebrate all that you made us to be. Lord, I pray for those that are listening right now. I pray that you would even today plant a seed of hope in their hearts that would begin to blossom and harvest in their lives, that the word that they heard today would fall on good soil and that you would begin to walk with them and teach them about this beautiful truth of celebration. Father, I pray that you would give them eyes to see what you're doing and ears to hear what you're saying. I pray that they would look at their lives a year from now and just see abundance and goodness yeah. and grace dripping in each and every day. Lord, the beauty of what you're doing with us is that you're always leveling us up. You're always upgrading. Help us to see what you're doing and what you're upgrading us in even today. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us for Living the Abundant Life podcast. Stay tuned. There'll be more interviews to come. And if you would love to follow Lindsay's story, um, please check out havenhill.com. Have a great day, y'all. Thanks for listening today. I'd love to close with this prayer that Paul prayed over the Ephesian church. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and deep and high is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Have a great day.